Greetings, boils and ghouls. This is your comrade, the Crypt Keeper here, reporting dead from the sanctuary of the strange. Tonight's macabre myth is a fright-filled feature, one overflowing with monsters, madness, and magic. <laughs> Welcome to the Monsters, Madness, and Magic podcast. I am Justin, joined by my co-host, Angelique. Say hello, Angelique. Hello. And today we're joined by a very special guest, actor, writer, producer, zombie, and vampire, Mr. Andrew Lowry. Andrew, how the hell are you? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me on your show. Take us back in time, Andrew. Is there an event or eureka moment that you can point to that led you to initially pursue acting? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. I kind of stumbled into it. I kind of stumbled into it. But I, I was raised going to a lot of movies, not with the TV in the house, but we would go to the movies once a week. My father was very much into movies. The first movie I ever saw was Black and White, sub uh, Seven Samurai. Mm. Um, we used to go to revival houses, which I don't think exist anymore. Maybe they do. And so I was into movies and stuff, but I it was something that was like a magic trick or something. You know, it, it, you didn't, even though I grew up just an hour or south of Hollywood. It never uh, occurred to me that you could do this. And then when I was in high school to take an elective, I took drama and mm. I turned out to be pretty good at it. You know, like I guess everything I had been watching kind of had worn off on me naturally because <laughs> I'd been pretty introverted up to that point. And the teacher was nice and they gave me a lead in a school play, Our Town, which is what every school play or school does, high school does. And then I did it. And then I go out and I went to college, a, a, a real university, and I was terrible. And then I went to a junior college and I was great. So I don't know what that says. And then I did that. I did it. And they were great. It was a great program. And, and, and we did plays and they we had one teacher who was great at drama and we had one great teacher who was great at comedy. We had one teacher who was great at musicals and you kind of learned how to either be funny or to be real or as when you did a, a play with a guy and I was not good at musicals, but he directed like Amadeus I was in and he would say, go stand there. It looks better. And you would say, why? It doesn't. He goes, yeah, but it looks better. So stand there. So between those three teachers, you were taught like later on, I would do movie uh, uh, sitcoms and all this kind of stuff. And that training came in very handy. And then, you know, Hollywood was just an hour, hour and a half up the road and I started pursuing it and was really bad <laughs> once again <laughs> like yeah Sorry. so how did you land your first professional gig my first professional gig was on a tv show called paradise which you never heard of it was a western on I, I can't remember it was a real you know on abc nbc CBS right, or right. something and I was auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and I was kind of getting better and but never getting anything. And I remember my agent saying, it's been six months, get a job or you're done. And then I went in and auditioned for this thing and they said, hey, do you know how to ride a horse? And I lied and I said, yes. And I knew because I lied, that would be, I was terrified of horses. I knew that was the job I would get. And that was the job <laughs> I got. <laughs> so then we were filming out at Disney Ranch, which was cool. And it turned out you didn't really need to know how to ride horses because they were Disney horses and they were well-trained and yeah had come up through the westerns so that was my first gig paradise i was shot i robbed a bank and i was shot by a, a woman with a shotgun there you go folks just make sure Two you scenes. lie on the resume yeah <laughs> yeah 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 you know when you lie that's it 
<laughs> like you're okay, I'm gonna get that one. Yeah. So before we dive too deep into it, Andrew, you were born in California and you're currently in Sweden. What led to the move? Oh, I uh, I met my wife. I was working on the first job I was ever given to write. Not very good movie called Simon Says. Filming in Nice, Fran or writing in Nice, France for like four months. And I met my wife there. And later on, we got married and we decided to have kids. And we decided it was a, probably a bit easier in uh, her home country, okay. which happened to be Sweden. And I was writing and doing stuff. So I figured, you know, I, I, I can still fail at that anywhere. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be in a specific place to do that fail. So what would you say are the main professional differences within the film industry between Sweden and America? Oh, America's interested in making money and Sweden isn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's, there's not much of a film industry here, per se. It, it is nothing in comparison to gotcha. uh, the States. But because of the series and all that kind of stuff, now that's kind of, it is becoming more, you know, they're making more stuff. They have Netflix here. They want to make stuff for Netflix. But the film industry itself, it's run by the state. It's kind of like Canada. It's yeah. run by the state. It's more, yeah, and you get commissioned. And it's it's more of a culture thing than popcorn, which <laughs> I, I think is culture. But, you know. <laughs> so I know you did some TV movies. Was Buffy your first feature? My first feature you know i get these confused i don't even know if imdb has a right or anything it it was no no it was uh i don't know but it's school ties might have been gotcha. my first feature actually my i can't remember that but i think it could also have been i did this not good, not good movie god bless it i did a movie called fatal charm with amanda peterson from Can't Buy Me Love, that was kind of a bit of a, just a simple movie. Let's put it that way. I can't remember. I think that was my first. And then I think School Ties was my first, first real, you know, like studio movie. With Buffy specifically, you know, if you just look, go back and look at the cast now, it's pretty mm -hmm. ridiculous to see. You know, you got Donald Sutherland, Rutger Hauer, Hilary Swank, Luke Perry, and Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David Arquette. Yes, uh, David Arquette. Patricia, I forgot. Uh, yeah. The other Arquette. I forget his name. Damn. Yeah, I forgot um, about David Arquette in that movie. Yeah, David Arquette. Randall Battenkopf, who was also in um, School Ties. And the lady who directed was great. Rucker Hauer was amazing. I'm sorry, what was your question? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I was just asking, like, what was the set experience like with all those different characters involved? It, I remember that as being extremely nice. I had a small, I would say, very, very small part. It was nice. I remember being... Being, I remember being extremely, I didn't work with him, but extremely t intimidated by Donald Sutherland, even from a far <laughs> distance. He was like, he just had that aura of like, get off my lawn. Kids. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think he was, I think there was some, if I remember right, there was some like, you can't smoke. If you smoke within 50 feet of him, he'll find you. I don't know. There was some like crazy thing, but he was, but I, he almost also may have been in character. He was pretty intense. And then I remember being in the makeup trailer next to Rutger Hauer, who, you know, intimidating and just that, like, you think he's super cool. And he was just like super nice goofball, really nice guy. But everybody was cool. I remember Luke Perry, super, super nice. Yeah, it was just an easy going set. And, you know, those, those movies, that movie and my boyfriend's back, they kind of came back to back and it, they were, I don't know if anybody knew what they were getting into with those movies. The writers, Joss Whedon, Dean Laurie, they were, I think, like most writers, they were a bit ahead of the trend. This kind of meta thing and making a comedy with zombies and vampires. And 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 as I recall, neither of them performed well in, you know, in, in box 
office and stuff like that. So I don't know, you know, it's always tricky with those kind of black, goofy kind of comedies, you know, so you never quite know what you're getting into and everybody. But I remember the sets being very loose. Josh Whedon wrote Buffy. Was he involved on that set at all? Do you recall? I don't remember him being on the set, but I remember the first time I auditioned, he was in the room. And like anything in those movies, when you have a smaller part, you probably auditioned for something bigger. And then they said, you know, that whole thing that there's no such thing as small actors, just small parts. They're like, no, it's that's a lie. You're a small actor. And now you're going to be in a small part. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> You just mentioned That's a fiction. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you just mentioned Dean Lowry, and I wasn't aware that he wrote that until recently because uh, it makes sense because it's hilarious. You know, he wrote Major Pain, or he's been involved with the rest yeah, of the Yeah, yeah. And, and, and as I remember, he was Sean Cunningham who produced that. Uh, 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 boyfriend's back his son went to as i remember it i maybe i'm screwed up but i remember that his son and his and dean went to school together and he's like yeah i wrote the script they were friendly or something and then that made his way to his dad and he was great he was around all the time and very nice very funny guy and, and mr cunningham angelique and i just rewatched my boyfriend's back and i, I feel it mm-hmm. still holds up and it's still hilarious was that something that stuck out to you when you got the script of that just how funny it was yeah i mean once again it was those types of things you just didn't see scripts like that it it just wasn't that much you know that kind of offbeat comedy and stuff like that so i remember it as being funny and i remember both of those yeah i think it was all kind of around the same time like there was this thing bubbling and you were getting the and there was an there was something else after that i care not 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 that i was in but yeah yeah of course it was funny because you would read a lot of non-funny stuff so from 92 to 94, that's a two-year span. I'm looking at your credits here. You got My Boyfriend's Back, Buffy, and School Ties. And we've already talked about like the star power that's in most of those movies. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, in retrospect, do you, when do you look back, do you think you learned a lot from some of the, working with a lot of those people in such a short time frame? Everyone was kind of peer, you know, all of those guys, we were all kind of figuring it out. So I don't know if you learned anything. You just, there were, like... Let's put it this way. I'm not surprised Matt Damon is is as good as he is. Like right. that that was like in that particular thing. But you don't, you know, you're just you're I don't know, you're just hanging on, you're trying to do your thing. Maybe you're like secretly jealous or something, but you're you know, you're not learning and you would learn from somebody older or something like that. I mean, school ties was such a different project. It was like heavy hitting studio, Sherry Lansing, Stanley Jaffe, you know, film for three months, rehearsed. You know, it was just a whole different ball of wax. And so you had like the director you were trying to learn from, or like Freddie Francis was the DP on school ties who had done things like elephant man like these are these are heavy hitters and you're trying to figure out the best way to please them in a weird way but yeah there was you know philip seymour hoffman incredibly intimidating i think that that particular movie bob balaban he brought in on on my boyfriend's back he brought in because he was from new york and trained he knew the best actors, like all of them. And if he knew the best actor, and they knew the best actor, and best character actors. And they would just fly, you know, I was on that set, I guess I was in most of the movie. And every week or every few days, a new person would come in that they would film for three or four days. And they got, so you're talking like Cloris Leachman, yeah. who's like, you know, brilliant. You're talking Mary Beth Hurt. Mary Beth Hurt, yes. Uh, Edward Herman. Um, yeah. You know, that's like these guys, these guys, Paul uh, Paul Dooley, Austin Pendleton. Like they were just flying in and, these, and I was just like trying to keep up with everybody. And then you get guys like Philip Seymour Hoffman, who you know, just think you're just like suck. 
basically it's probably my but you're just like oh you're from new york you do stage and you're really good and you're intense i suck and then you have guys like matthew fox you're like oh you're really handsome i suck that that's kind of what's going on in all of those things so uh, i was going to ask you with bob balaban you know he's also known for working with christopher guest and doing all this improv you know yeah. how was the set did he give you guys a lot of freedom or was he very rigid strict sticking to the script I think it was very strict to the script, and I think that kind of thing of improv into the mainstream of movies had not arrived yet. And I, you know, I was trained on stage, and you just learn, you know, like if if you couldn't do what was on the paper, you felt you were coming up short. Not that you should. If you've been trained doing plays, you don't say, "Hey, I'm going to change this Oscar Wilde line." I just don't get it. <laughs> you know, like you're like, no, you figure it out, and maybe that's the line that'll help you figure out everything because it's it, you're you're not able to do it so it was it was you know it was it was just traditional i would say do the lines as written he was very loose the thing that was funny about that thing was that he shot it in the beginning I, have you seen his movie parents yes the the cannibal yeah the mm-hmm. the, the, the cave which which makes sense that he filmed before that he started off filming it that way, which is a little more like Dutch angles and, you know, odd angles and stuff like that. And then I think the studio or somebody said, no, 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 don't make it so weird. And so then it went. So it started out more colorful and a little more playful, I would say. And then they made it a little more mainstream, which I think to this day was probably a mistake. You should probably just lean into what it is and and, and right. not try, it's a not try to please everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's a zombie movie and it's comic booky and maybe and let and if you hire the director, let him do let him let him follow his his instincts and that right. you know. And he was a serious guy, very, very serious. Like you could I don't remember I don't remember ever making him laugh at anything which is unnerving when you're acting in a comedy and he just looks at you like you're not funny every day yeah he's always such a straight straight man yeah he's like he yeah that's yeah he's pretty amazing that way he's just straight okay do it again yeah and then one day on the set one day and then one day on the set he brought his friend was richard dreyfus and i thought that balaban had had cloned himself they were both kind of straight and the same height but very nice but very you know pleasant pleasant experience you said you were trained on stage have you done any stage or theater work since the early years no i haven't <laughs> that's not something you enjoyed no i no i did but i you know i mean i think when i was nothing you know i, I think when i started going up to la and i still lived down where i lived and i commuted up to audition and stuff and then i did some plays i had friends who had little playhouses and stuff like that so i still did plays but then i i just kept doing film. and then it, yeah it just fell to the way so i used to, i played in a band the whole stage live thing and stuff i think that that took up that space Andrew, you've got another claim to fame that not many can say, even if it's just one episode. You were in yes, Cheers. So, I was in Cheers. Yeah. I, that's true. Cheers. That was like my second job or something like that. I was actually in Cheers twice oh. and I was cut out and then they brought me back. What was it like experiencing one of those? It's like culture yeah. mainstay. What was it like experiencing that behind the scenes? Well, it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it was great. The short answer is it was great. It was also nerve wracking. But the funny thing is that I was early on in my trying to act or make a living acting. And I remember that thing. They called in a room full of actors. All guys I had seen, we had all been like trying to, you know, we were all, uh, you audition, you audition, you get callbacks, you go and you're kind of like, you're trying to make people remember you. You're not going to get the job the first time and you kind of come around. So I remember I went into a room, they said, cheers, you know, it's half a line. That was the first one. And they go, it's half a line. And you showed up to audition out at Paramount. And it was a room full of guys your age, all good. You knew they were good and everything. And then they go, okay, you're up. You go in a room. 
and there's a producer and a guy they're filming the show and they go okay say half the line you say half the line you go out they go okay wait out in the hall and then you wait and then the guys come out and they go okay everybody go home but you andrew so i had the job so i was like oh you know awesome. good for me bad for everybody else and i would not like to be on the other end of that <laughs> and so i went in and did it but i hung out for like five days to do half a line and you just the line doesn't mean anything to you after a while and it's cheers right like it's <laughs> it's fucking cheers yeah. and uh, <laughs> and you're there it's like woody harrelson and dance and, and it was not shelly long but i am now coming up blank on her name but great uh kirstie alley it's them it's fucking cheers but you're there and it's like james burroughs and these writers and it's just like the best of the best and you're just waiting to film and i i just like the line made no sense to me by you know so it, it was very nerve-wracking and then i did it it worked it was like a joke something and then they called me up like a month later, like, hey, we cut it. I was like, thanks. They go, but we'd like to bring you back to do another line. This time it wasn't even part of a joke. The other was. And they're like, and since you didn't, they had some term for it, like actors in that position who lose their minds, basically like cabin fever. They said, you didn't get cabin fever, whatever that was. So right. you can come back. And, and they said, like, you, you, you comported yourself well and you weren't a jerk and you didn't freak out. And if you did, at least it didn't show. And so then I went back and I did it again. It was the same thing, man. It's just like a week. You're like there. You just have one light. You're just terrified you're going to screw up the entire show. But they were nice. Once again, it, it went okay. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I thought you were going to say that you forgot the line after all that time. I, I, would, I To this day, I wake up in the middle of the night and I scream out the line. <laughs> Ah, no, it, but it, it really, it really does a number on your head. And those are the times when you're, you're, you're glad you did plays or something, you know, where you were on a stage for, you, you knew you could do this. Like right. you, you, you had been in front of, you knew you could do it, but you know, I think it's that type, it must be the same thing like a, I don't know, relief pitcher or somebody goes through or a designated hitter, like, you know, where it's just like, okay, you're up, don't blow it. <laughs> and you know and it, it gets high. so you kind of i think but all that kind of you know you know you've done bigger things and stuff like that and you can pull right. it off but it, it's mind-boggling and especially because it was cheers you know like it's great it's like the best of the best welcome to the night you think you know night demon then the night demon heavy metal podcast is for you step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon we're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon Crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. You were a co-creator and a writer on a show starring Peter Stromer. It's called Swedish Dicks. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about it? <laughs> Swedish Dicks is a series. How do, how do I start this? Well, it was Peter Stormer's idea about two Swedish private. He lives in L.A. And it was about two private. Uh, two, his basic idea was two Swedish guys who are detectives in L.A. 
And I had run into a producer here and I was running around trying to get people to let, pay me to write things and they weren't. And one of the original things I had pitched to somebody here, um, I said, I want to do something, a, a half hour comedy private investigator series here in Stockholm. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And then a few years later, Peter Stormer said the same thing to that producer and he came to me. <laughs> and so we did it and the producer was a good producer and he got he managed to convince a place here called via play you guys won't know it but it's a streaming place that for that part was basically putting on other people's material and sports which is kind of the big thing here and this was their first production for you know they started to see netflix and all these places doing what they were doing and it was the first original show for them so and i wrote it from here and then they filmed it in la and you know i wrote it and then they took it and I, you know, I was not a writer and like, you know, I gave them this thing and then they did stuff to it that, you know, they kind of made it their own and they, they did it in LA. They made it a little more, I would say, a little more corny than I wanted it to be a little more like slapsticky and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but they got it made. And then the second season, I just bowed out and, you know, let them back to the Balaban thing. Like their instincts were much different than mine at that right. point. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, I don't want to gum this up. So you guys go. And I think they did a second season and Lionsgate or somebody picked it up and yeah, did some stuff, but it was fun. It was, it was interesting. Series aren't my thing though. I, I'm not, right. I know that's basically career suicide, but I like writing movies. Was that your first experience that much writing for a project? Yes. Now, would you say at yeah. this point in your career that you prefer writing to acting or do you, do you not really have a preference? I, it's a tough question. I mean, first of all, I don't ask. I mean, occasionally somebody asks me to do something or something like in a short stuff and I'll do it, but it's not, I like acting when I do that stuff. It's great because I feel like I have the enthusiasm of an amateur, but I have a dwindling skill set of a pro. So I, you know, it's not like my life's on the line for it or my money or anything. And I have this enthusiasm. And then I also, I remember how to do things like hit a mark or this or that I can play. It's really great. You know, it's, I rarely do it and writing, but for the most part, you know, writing is fun because I'm doing it. I do between two things. It's someone will hire me to write something and I'll do it. It's not my idea and I'll do that. Or I'm also at the same time, always trying to do spec scripts and stuff like that. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, I enjoy that, but it's hard. Writing's hard, especially when you're not good at it. But <laughs> I was going to say, because Keanu Reeves is in that show, too. So you've written a show that stars uh, Keanu Reeves. That's right, sir. That's yeah. right. You're the man. <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> uh, you are the man. Uh, no, that's, yes, but that's purely because Peter Stormer is, like, best, you know, best, good friends with him through, I think, like, Constantine or something. <laughs> like that. But they, yeah, they're both strange fellas, I think. A couple of goofballs. Yeah, because, you know, we had William Sadler on. We asked him about working with, you know, he worked on with Keanu on Bill and Ted way back in the day. Yeah. He did the new yeah. Bill and Ted. And he said that there was a major difference between those two guys that he just seemed a lot more chill recently because he used to just get off the set and go blazing off into the sunset on motorcycle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. He loves motorcycles, right? He likes yeah. to yeah. blow away on motorcycles. Yeah. Yep. He's cool. To date, what would you say is the best advice in general you've received? Be it life advice, acting advice, anything. Oh, God. I have no idea. <laughs> That's my answer. That assumes I've done something right off of somebody's <laughs> advice, first of all. So, That's hilarious. I have no idea. I have literally, I thought you, you totally caught me off to the side on that. <laughs> you know, I look, I can only just say it from writing. 
like or act you know like whatever in writing it's easier to do than act but you just just do it i guess that that advice comes from nike i think thanks nike uh yeah just do it <laughs> <laughs> no but it but it is it's that you know you just you know keep going from but i that's a terrible i have no idea i have no i'm sorry that works no. No, that's, that's, <laughs> more people should do things <laughs> well you know if you feel yeah just you know just plug forward a lot of rejection i i'm this is for this showbiz stuff a lot a lot of rejection you just kind of have to build up a thick skin and see if you like it and see if you have something to say i guess so going back to your time in theater briefly did you have any favorite mm -hmm. roles to play yes i did i played mozart and amadeus which was just fun and i also did a play called the diviners you will know it and i don't remember the the name of the character i played but it was yeah those were those were my uh favorite things i think but Amade mozart i mean that was like that was just like playtime it's a big production and you ran around see i mean it was you know it 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 was a bit of me so that That's was fun. always good yeah so what are your personal favorite movies oh god it matters what day you ask me I'm a big sucker for With Nail and I. I'm a big sucker for Sideways. I just watched, see, it's just also what I just watched recently. I just watched William Friedkin's Sorcerer. I don't know if you've seen that, which I is a remake not. of Wage. You should see that. That's a re Do you know the, there's an old French movie called The Wages of Fear? No, I'm not um, familiar with it. It's by this guy Clouseau, who did, I think he's most famous for a movie called Diabolic. But he did, yeah. it's great. It's, it's amazing. This 50s, I think 50s, 40s, black and white movie. And then uh, Friedkin remade it in like 77 78 with roy scheider it's amazing and it was a, a financial bomb it was literally i think released right on the same time star wars it was and it, these movies could not be more diabolically opposed <laughs> for a man a young boy you know conquering uh, the evil lords of the star system versus four terrible men exiled to some hellhole in south america and the only way to get money out of, to get out of there is to drive two trucks filled with nitroglycerin over a jungle road. <laughs> that's that's that movie, Sorcerer. It's amazing. You should really check it out. It's amazing. But I like you know acting and stuff. I like, as I said, like with Neil and I, Sideways. I just watched this old Italian movie called Il Sorpasso, which is kind of like the original side. Like I like, I like two guys talking <laughs> in movies. So. I lean towards that. A local hero is one of my favorites. I'm trying to think of a horror movie for you guys. I'm right writing now. these down so I can look them up later. You should look them up. There's no horror in these movies. Are you guys strictly horror? Is that no? We just you, do whatever. Yeah. We do whatever we want. It's okay. <laughs> um, I just, you know what? I just watched the other day. For, I can't even remember why. House. Do you remember this movie? The old we, horror the, movie house. Yeah, yeah. The Sean yeah, Cunningham, yeah. the same guy who did. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. That's what a one of my movie very favorite movies. Is that one of your favorite? Yeah, yeah. I just oh, watched yes. that. The, like two days ago, that was fun. Very, very eighties. But you very can see in that so. Sean Cunningham. Sean Cunningham's funny. I think I read. I, he said to me, it was a quote. Like he, you know, because he's famous for Friday the Thirteenth, right? Like that's his mm -hmm. main thing. But I yeah. think he's not actually a big horror guy. He likes comedy. Yeah, I think he like, and he's always trying to crack it. And the the truth is, a comedy is hard, man. It's yes. like really hard. You can because you can fail, right? Like a, an axe through the head is an axe through a head. Right. You go, oh God, that guy has an axe in his head. <laughs> but a failed joke is a failed joke. It's immortalized. Oh God, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kills it. A <laughs> and it's also way. got a cheers tie because Norm is in house. Yes, that's right. 
And he was in something else I just watched. It was like a double, which was also strange. George Wynn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I'm also, you know, we've been watching, we were watching some horror movie stuff just recently. I was turning my kids on to Baba Duke. I think oh, that's a good scary one. as hell. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's scary, right? Yeah, scary. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, like legit, like, yeah, like one of my kids freaked out. We were also <laughs> watching, we were also watching, what was it? The one where they got, where it was, oh, we. I showed them Drag Me to Hell. Also another oh, Sam that Raimi. That's fun. a good one. Yeah, and we rented it, and it was like the, you know, it was like the cut no one dared to show or something. I don't know, you know, one of those cuts. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 literally, my kid, my one boy ten, we were watching it, and uh, there was a scene where this old lady falls out of her coffin on top of the girl, and her mouth opens, and all this formaldehyde just comes pouring out yeah. into this poor girl's. You you know this, yeah. And yes. I'd never seen this. I'd heard this before. I'd never seen it. My son almost threw up. He gag reflex, <laughs> and I've never. I thought that was a, a urban myth. The uh, worst part for me is in the car when she starts. When her teeth are out and she starts yeah. chewing on her face, yeah, she like puts she gums her. Yeah, it's disgusting. That's the worst part of that. Do you guys like that movie? Do you like that? Yeah, movie? I love you it. Guys? Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's 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 great fun. It's like it's just fun, and it's boy, does it move? And uh, yes. and and yes, it has some disgusting things in it. And we also watched this weird movie that I had never seen, Event Horizon. Do you know this one? Oh, of oh, course. Yes. That's, that's a podcast. You guys love this? Yeah. yeah. Is that is that true? Mm-hmm. Because I was listening to some British critic, this guy Mark Kermode or something, and he was talking about something, and then he mentioned it's just Event Horizon, and then he said, which when it came out wasn't such a big thing, but so many movies have stolen from it, and I don't remember it, so I watched it, and it was like great. I mean, you know, it's aged, you know, some of the effects and stuff, but the right. idea that it was just this like kind of horror movie, right? Like a re- like if, if alien people said it was a haunted house movie in space, this really was like a haunted house because it was yeah. it, possession. A Lovecraft yeah. story in space. Yeah. 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 The thing is I love movies. I, I watch all genres. I have certain types that are my more, you know, favorite. But anything that you just feel that it's really doing what it, you know, just feels like it has somebody in control of it and it feels pretty uh, put together. Right. Um, and it's following the beat of its own drum and, and you know, and sticks. And, and then genre movies are the easiest for me to judge because they do have rules and you kind of know and you go, well, how are you going to play within the rules of this genre and right. maybe twist it a little or something. But, you know, that can I think that confinement's kind of cool to watch people play with it and see what they do with it. So you just saw Event Horizon recently? I just saw it. We like two weeks ago was what we call sport. They, they had a, a week off here, my kids. Mm-hmm. And we were home, and every night we watched we watched Alien, we watched Event Rise. Like every night we were watching, and I don't know why we started watching scary movies. And you're running them I, through the gauntlet; they're not going to sleep. I'm, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's great. You can't really punish your kids in any kind of form. You you can't tell them behavior. You go to hell. You can't. You can't. You know. You can't do anything these days to stop them from bad behavior. But you can show them <laughs> horror movies. Right. And nobody knows <laughs> that you're secretly punishing them. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Event Horizon specifically because there's rumors going around that Paul W. S. Anderson is going to be releasing a, one of those director's cuts you were talking about, like a holy shit, no one's ever seen this version of footage that's never been seen. So there's that. Is that true? And, and is this truly like one of your guys' favorite? Like, is yes. this? Yeah. Is this? Yeah. It's, it's, did, um, did you see it when it came out? Like, was it something that like you, was it one of your formative films or do you say, or is it something you guys? I saw it about mid teenage years. So I was already well corrupted, but okay. yeah. it's, one yeah. my, it's one of my movies. Yeah. 
I been things I shouldn't have seen. So <laughs> yeah, I know my parents used to push me out in front of them from the, the, the movie, movies we saw. <laughs> they would we would see a movie that they make me walk out first and pretend they didn't know me. But Event Horizon was that was it a big successful? I guess I could say was it when it came out or was it? It wasn't like a mega hit. Yeah. I don't think it totally bombed, but it was just kind of like middle of the road. Like okay, this was a movie. You know, <laughs> it's one. It's definitely but, gained more traction over the years. People look, but yeah. look back at it retrospectively and appreciate it more. That's what that this this BBC critic I was listening to, what I like to listen to, was saying that it's it has a lot of it's an influential movie. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It says the budget was sixty million, and yet the box office only made forty two million. So e- that's not good. Not good. That's not good. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sorry, not Paul good. Anderson. Is that Sam Neill after Jurassic? park yeah that's him uh, yeah yeah he gives a couple of those uh, velociraptor looks in there <laughs> you know where he cut he's so good at like where he looks up slowly in the camera and he kind of <laughs> you know has the yeah but i thought it was cool yeah it's a good it movie. is who cares if it didn't yeah. make the money well they no, care no no no, no. I don't, I don't i'm more yeah. curious because I'm, I'm more curious because it wasn't on my radar and i like i really you know for the most part like to go see movies and so i missed this one so i don't know that's like this other movie I'm talking about, Sorcerer, apparently it came out, it was dead in two weeks. And now 40 years later, it's considered a masterpiece. So yeah, check out Sorcerer. It's the worst title ever. You think you're like, oh, is it like a sequel to Leprechaun? No. 1977 Sorcerer? Yeah, that's it. Gotcha. Okay. You should check it out. It's 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 pretty cool. See, when you say Sorcerer, there's also a, like a fantasy sword and sorcery uh, yeah. thing. That, that, that's no, what that's it is? What that's what you're talking you, about? No, I'm talking about 77 freaking, there's a truck. There's like a picture of a truck. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah. I know. No, no, but that's, yeah, but that's like, that's why it's like the worst title in the world for this movie, because you're like, oh, and you guys know too, in the 70s, like, it, you know, the, the special effects weren't up, like, if, even if you were trying to do these advanced films with fantasy and stuff like that. Right. right. A lot of times they fell short. And this movie, it's the worst title in the world. And he said, mm-hmm. William Friedkin says, well, it, the, the movie is about fate. He was making a movie about fate and that sorcerer was the, was another word for fate. Yeah. But that, that did not translate to the general <laughs> public. <see>. No. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Bill. No. Yeah. no. Roy no. And, and, and Star Wars came out like the same day or something. He just got buried, but it's like a classic now. And that's what <laughs> I've been doing. I've been, I've been watching this Criterion channel. And yes. I just been going back. I just been going back. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I was raised a lot of old movies and stuff like that, but I've just been like going backwards in time. Well, if you want cool. a really fun one, I mean, yeah. what Haosu. Haosu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's a Japanese psychedelic fairy tale horror movie. Oh wow. Oh I, yeah, I know that one. I have it on my uh, my wish list. It's like crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, it's like crazy nuts. town. It's it's insane and it's beautiful and the soundtrack is gorgeous and just you'll just sit there going what is happening to me don't let it stop you know cool I will yeah but that's what I've been I've been bouncing back and forth between like I saw this cool I thought it was a cool movie with Aubrey Plaza called Black Bear recently and then I you know and then all the way back to like 1947 watching wages of fear like i've just been flipping back but i i I really like movies i like them what can i say 
I think it's just the quarantine because me and my wife have been going back and watching old movies. We've been uh, going through the Hammer Horror Collection, so we're in the 60s now. Watch If you've never seen A Quartermass and The Pit, I would recommend watching that because it's one of those early Hammer films that just have... It has a huge-ass budget for the 60s, almost a million dollars, and it's, they're just okay. doing things that are way ahead of its time. Is this And is this Vincent Price stuff? It, it, Vincent Price Hammer? isn't in the movie, but you, yeah. it's uh, yeah, okay. about the same era, okay. same time. Yeah, and, okay. Quarter yeah, mass in the pit. Well, the other thing is that people are. I will. I will watch. And people, you know, the movies are limited right now. Also, mm-hmm. I guess. And everybody, all the big guns, and everyone's just going into series land. Yeah, you know, Netflix. making series. Everybody wants. Yeah, Netflix. everything. Yeah, it's just all series, series, series. So I find I like to watch something that has a beginning, a middle, and end in like one night, as opposed to the instinct to can I stretch this out for? Yeah. You know, months, which I, which, you know, I understand, but I, I, I find myself coming back to that. And I think it's also, I was raised without a TV. I didn't, I wasn't raised with series. I was raised with like a movie brain, I think mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah. Horror series that you like. Is there anything like I watch house on, on haunted Hill. Yeah. yeah. House, house on haunted Hill. I like that. Blind Manor. If you haven't watched that, that's the second yeah. season. If they did the turn of the screw. Yes, the Henry James. Yes, I haven't yeah. seen that second one, but I know what you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, this is this guy, Mike Malley. Michael Malley. Is he the director? Some guy like that. Is that? It's the same. He's really good. He's really good. Yeah. yeah. There's a French series. It's um, I think it's either three or six episodes. But it's called a uh, Marianne, and it's about a writer that becomes possessed by her work. Mm. Really? It's on Netflix. It's really good. Called Marianne. Mm-hmm. Okay. Man, Angelique, yeah. you're giving me some. <laughs> where are you? Where are you guys, by the way? What what part of the world are you in? I'm, I'm in, in Georgia. South, I'm in South Carolina. Oh, okay. You're done. Okay. Yeah. Down How's south. life down there right now? Is it is it everything still locked down and all that stuff? Not really. People uh, <laughs> people down here don't really stay locked down. If you know. <laughs> I would say most of the people around here are the calls of the most some of the issues but, you know, okay okay yeah. okay yeah. is spring the there has, us is, is basically the, the, <laughs> the, the motto yeah. yeah that way i want to take it back to that earlier question of what was the advice that someone gave me and it was you're not the boss of me that's the advice <laughs> that someone gave me <laughs> that's great advice it's been the most helpful ever i've actually uh, got that tattooed on me <laughs> <laughs> you and what army uh <laughs> Is spring come to you guys? Are you is 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 the weather nicer? Yeah. yeah well, I wouldn't know, say back, nice. <laughs> it fluctuates. It's, it was cold yesterday, and now it's yeah. a bit warm. So we're just kind of stuck in limbo. I guess the world's just upside okay. down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just down here. Everything is covered in a yellow paste, and in the morning it's cold. But by the time about seven thirty, eight o'clock hits the oppressive heat starts. So <laughs> what was the uh, transition like for you? You know, you grew up in LA and then you moved to Sweden. I'm sure the winters were a big difference for you. Yeah. But you know, I had visited here and stuff, but I, yeah, I don't know what it is. It, it was, it wasn't a big deal to me. I don't know why some people get very depressed for real. It's dark, you know, well, you know, it, you know what it is. It's, it's uh, it's vampire weather. Um, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but I also found it like great because there's, you just stay inside for like six, seven months. There's, you know, there's really nothing else. Whereas in LA or something, you're just tempted to walk around do stuff. Yeah. Nobody Um, wants to do that anymore. 
no, 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 nobody wants to do that anymore. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't so bad. So I don't know what it is because I, you would think it would you know have some kind of thing, but it it was I was okay with it. It just uh, my worst weather is I think what you're describing humidity. I I yes. can't stand humidity. I can stand much more cold than uh, humidity. That that makes no sense to me to my brain. It's like why am I sweating without moving? That makes no right. sense to me. <laughs> Angelique, do you have anything for Mr. Andrew before we cut him loose? Just our last question. I like to ask this of, of all of our guests. You know, you're a big movie fan, but, you know, the great thing about movies, the one thing that ties it all together is that perfect snack. So what is your <laughs> one snack that you like to munch on that just gives you that perfect remember, viewing experience? Remember earlier? Earlier I had no idea. Yeah. This time I do. Right <laughs> out of the barrel. Red vines. Nice. Red vines. Yes. And I try to find them in Sweden. And most of the time I get stuck with Twizzlers. No, no Twizzlers. Not the Red Not vines. The yeah. Yeah. Red vines. <laughs> and then I showed my kids, you know, the trick where you use it as a straw. So I was going to ask if you do that. <laughs> I don't. I don't make a habit out of it, but I showed to my kids because occasionally you need to make, let them. You have to do something so impressive they're in, in, in awe of you because most of the time they're not. And that that is better than me showing like a poster of my boyfriend's back by far. It's like, right. <laughs> sure, you did that, but you also showed us how to make a straw out of a red vine. <laughs> have you shown them your that, movies? They, I've tried. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you shouldn't have started out with Alien, man. You kind of ruined it. No, I, I, that's it. That's it. First of all, they don't care. It's so slow. They're like on TikTok. I, they show me what they think is funny, and I just like get out of here. Go away. Go away. <laughs> people are slaving to make people laugh, and you're laughing at this. No, yeah, I've tried. They doesn't. They just make fun of me. They're like, you used to have hair, you used to be skinny, that kind of thing. But they don't. They have no respect. No respect. <laughs> it's just universal, you know. No matter how cool the parents are, kids will never think that their parents are cool. <laughs> no, they. It's quite the opposite. Yeah. It's, do you guys have kids? Do you have kids? No, 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 no. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll, you'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. No, they. It, I think. Yeah, they just. And on that, there, there's a terrible poster of my boyfriend. It looks like I have like hair this high, <laughs> and they just make fun of it all the time. So. It was the early '90s. It was the early '90s, and it, it wasn't <laughs> <Cool>. my hair. <laughs> I would kill for that hair now. And I, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but yeah, they don't. They don't get. It. And they think they just think because of the phone. Like if you, if they, because everything is on phone, they just think that's what people do yeah. like it doesn't they don't realize you know how what we had to like go how, through what you <laughs> had to go through yes they did not know just the pain but they don't they just think film. everybody's like on film yeah hey, what's the big deal yeah. yeah so but maybe one day maybe one day they'll appreciate it i have no idea so um, andrew what do you have on the horizon where can folks find you should they so desire i what do i have i i I actually, yeah, I sold a TV series to Germany and which is weird. I know, but I, there's, well, this is interesting. I have, there's a guy there I know who at one point had a script. I have a, a lady who kind of re represents me out of Berlin for writing and stuff like that. And she had a client and this guy, and he had a script called, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say it out loud because it's, it's probably get made, but he, anyways, we met and he wrote this really cool script and we got along. And then I said, you don't need me. You, you have a cool script. And that script is now, uh, he, he, it's with Sam Raimi and it's okay. on the verge of being made. I don't want to jinx it. And I hope I just didn't, but so 
that same guy, this director that I really like, I gave him a, a script that I wrote because I'll, I'll write things, you know, spec. And I wrote a pilot called Walter and Pool about a guy in a talking swimming pool. And it's not a kid show. And it's very it's very uh, raunchy, I should say. Mm. And so I, I had written that to him and he passed it on to these young producers in uh, Germany. And like two years later, they called me up and they said, we found uh, people who want to buy this. And and the way they did this is kind of old school. Like they, they said, we'll pay you to write the first three scripts and the the next three uh, outline. And then we'll see if we want to make it. Because the harder part now as a writer is like when I was doing it before, it was like you could sell things and then it would go through development and usually not get made. But now it's more like all or nothing. It's like we're going to buy this and make it. But this was kind of back to the old thing. So I did that, which I'm waiting to hear. I don't think they're going to make it. It's pretty out there. It's it's pretty wacky. And and then I wrote recently, I wrote a, a romantic comedy uh, for for Los Angeles that I have some producers there. So those are my those are my two things. And then I'm I'm just always scribbling stuff down. Well, if you if yeah. those get any wheels and they start marching forward, we would love to talk about them again. And we're not going to keep absolutely. You, we're absolutely. not going to keep you hostage, Andrew. We're going to cut you loose and let you get back to your kids. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. It was very nice. Thank, Thank you for reaching you. out. It was very pleasant and uh, good luck and stay healthy. Great talking to you. You too.